Welcome to Neoweek Audio, a collection of podcasts and Twitter spaces produced and curated by Neoweek, the number one news and community platform for the Neo Protocol and the Aurora ecosystem. At neoweek.com slash podcasts, you can find every interesting audio piece from the community in one place. We curate content on topics such as DeFi, NFTs, gaming, DAOs, community hangouts, and more. Basically, we got you covered near fam. And without further ado, let's dig in. Um, did you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you just fine. We'll uh, give it a, co- a little bit. Let's see if we can uh, pop that music on and just chill while we get some more people up. Okay. Alright, uh, we can still uh, just keep it a little light discussion as we got some people joining in here. You guys see the uh, the sale NFT newest newest news? No, no, enlighten me more about the sale news. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll pin it up top, but they've got a pretty interesting interesting mechanism coming for their their burn. Looks like the more NFTs you burn, the higher uh, like NFT you'll receive for their token allocation or something like that and they just released something else but i'm reading it right now is it like stack like if you have three nfts is it worth the same as burning three nfts or is it like get bigger is there like an actual reason to burn your nfts (laughs) yeah it looks like it says there's different tiers of uh of NFTs that you'll receive, the more NFTs you burn, the higher uh, tier NFT you'll receive. And 
you'll be receiving more sale token, I guess, based on which NFT and how many you burn. Sale token. Huh? So what are the what are the new launching coins? What are the coins that are looking to launch soon? I mean, I've heard a little bit about sale. Is that directly related to the NFT or is there anything else going on? We got Kate up here too, but I don't know. They've, uh, they've been pretty quiet. Just a few tweets, but been paying attention. I just pinned them both up top. Do you think the the meme craze has uh, been slowing down as of late? It seems to be we've got our uh, our contenders <laughs> at the moment, especially with the ref meme campaign that launched today. You guys get a chance to look at that, bro. I'm literally yeah, I'm staking my stuff right now, like as we speak. Yeah, I was gonna nice. say we might be we might be slowing down in terms of you know the amount of tokens that are launching, but as, in terms of what the tokens that are already launched are doing, you know, it's a, it's a hard decision, bro. I'm like sitting here going like, man, man, my Black Dragon tokens like pumped so hard, but I I don't wanna. I have this FOMO. I'm like, which one is gonna give me more money, bro? Which one's gonna pay me more? <laughs> but I'll yeah, I'll participate. I think, uh, I, I think it it's like locked up for. I don't remember the rules, but it's locked up for like a week around that time or like five yeah. days or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like once you unstake it, you have five days of like this cool off period. And that's just to prevent the price manipulation, which I think some people who I think if you if you don't have too much experience, it may you're like, that's such a scam, you know. But the thing is, like, unless there's millions and millions of liquidity, you, you almost have to do that for just the protection of everyone. Uh, so I understand that. Like some people might might stick with it and say this is uh, a total sham. But in the beginning, and especially with these kind of like more, what do you call it? Like risky ventures such as this that hasn't been done too many times in a market like this where we're not exactly – like we're for sure in a bull market. But um, as far as mainstream adoption and my grandma asking if they should buy Bitcoin in near, we're not there yet. Um, so I'm down for this kind of thing, dude. I mean we're still building out the ecosystem. Like I feel like I got in at a cool time with near protocol, a lot of things being built, a lot of funding starting to come back and flow back into the projects and stuff. So I'm excited and we're so early in this run that I kind of want to contribute. And, you know, even if there's a chance you maybe make a little bit more money by just selling some of these tokens, it might be kind of fun to sort of just engage now. Well, something that's really unique about this campaign, which is, which is a lot different than just your normal staking. Like for Nico, we, we reward users with, uh, we reward users for locking up their tokens on our various um, X token pools, cookie vaults, things like that with more Nico, which is beneficial to them because then they can get this Nico. And after the they've waited the amount of time, they're able to sell it or hold on to it, whatever they want. And that's that's something that most meme tokens usually do. They reward more tokens. But that is, you know, in of itself, a little bit inflationary. This is interesting because the rewards are not at the moment. I know there might be uh, some additional token rewards down the line, but the rewards from Ref are near and Ref token. So I, I think it's really cool because you know Ref Finance is is the biggest decentralized exchange on near. They were definitely reaping a lot of rewards during all of the meme craze, the selling. I mean, they they get a percentage of that, but now they're actually giving back to the community by providing these incentives. And I think the major goal is for all of these different meme communities to come together, kind of lock up the token 
and kind of provide that stability, provide liquidity that is needed so that potentially in the future, once these meme coins start rolling again, there is a lot more liquidity provided and things won't be as volatile. It's kind of providing that stable base and it's something that is, is it's, a, it's a very good deed on the part of Ref Finance. They really are helping everyone. It's, it's just a haven't really seen too many campaigns like this. It's pretty cool, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, bro. Um, oh, do question on uh, not to put Nico on the spot because I don't I don't know exactly what the topics are today, but with the to- with the because um, I had someone in my Discord ask, dude. Honestly, my my whole Discord is like stoked about near protocol, so I'm kind of hyped that they're all kind of on board. I think they were all bored, and then I was like, bro, near, and they were like, bet. But uh, so for the staking on the Nico stuff, does that? Like I don't, I guess I don't, I don't keep track of all the numbers, and I'm not like checking, you know, individual numbers. But uh, does the staking, and then you earn Nico tokens, does that is that paid out by like a certain date? And like, when is that? Like, have I been getting it already as I've been staking? Are you, or so, are you talking about staking on Ref Finance? No, 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 on the the normal staking thing, like the thirty percent API thing. Um, I think you're talking about the cookie jar, not the vaults, right? No, no, no. Sorry. The, uh, not the, so the, the cookie jar is the one that like, I have like some stake for like six months, not that one. Um, I guess I haven't really gotten to that one yet, but for the other one, that's like normal, uh, dude, why, why is this thing? Hold on. I think you are talking about the cookie jar cause there's cookie vaults and then the jar vault is like locked up for a period of time. And the jar is just the big cookie pool where you put in your Nico and it gains value over time when you, break your cookies it turns back into more nico than you originally staked yeah like i'm talking about the factory one i'm talking about the the fortune cookie vault one (laughs) i'm an idiot uh, bro using all the different names (laughs) yeah i know i'm an idiot no i know which one you're talking about yeah so that when you withdraw you will break all of the cookie you have and it will turn into more nico it's a common x pool it's just like xref if you know ref and xref it's like that. So if you were to, you want to stake for some time because there is a small fee to bake your Nico into cookie, but at a certain point, um, over intervals of time, more Nico is added to the cookie pool, which increases the value of cookie. So you get in at a certain point and you wait about a couple of weeks and it will increase. You only see the increase in Nico once you withdraw. Got it. Is that, that, is that makes clear, sense. clear enough? Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we spent a little bit of time on Nico, the different meme coins, the campaign on Ref. It's going to be really exciting to see what the rewards look like. I believe it's a one-week period, so they can kind of gauge how to distribute the rewards, and then we'll start seeing the Ref in here. But um, today, we are talking with Haneko about the NDC. So really great to have you up, Haneko, and uh, you too, Cade. Feel free to chime in on the discussion. Uh, sorry, uh, actually, I'm not part of Nico team. Uh, yeah, we're talking about the NDC, right? Yeah, right. Hello, guys. Yo, hey, yo. Hey, nice to have you. Actually, it's really night in my time, but I'm happy to be here. Oh, damn, damn. That's uh, pretty late, but... Uh... Yeah, I guess we can go ahead and get started with 
the yes, with the agenda. So, uh, can you interest introduce yourself a little bit and um, tell us about your journey in Near and how you've come to be a part of the NDC? Yeah, sure. Uh, actually, I'm a uh, um, one of member of House of Merit, and I'm also founder of uh, Gaming DAO. So, uh, in the past, I was member of Human Guild. And uh, after a community elected me, I became a member of House of Merit and now working in, in, in DC. Yeah, awesome. How long have you been in Web3 and how long have you been involved with Nier? Can you tell us more about that? How you, uh, uh, you know, tell like us more about three years. Yeah, for sure. Like three years, I'm, I'm joining Nier uh, like three years ago and um, Actually, Nier was my first blockchain, first, my first ecosystem, and I'm still here. Yeah, and you know, how did you get involved with Nier those three years ago? What did you build a project or? Uh, actually, I was uh, I was a really active member of uh, Russian speaking community. Uh, you know, uh, there is a lot of people from Nier early early team who speak in Russians. So uh, I just uh, talk with them, and uh, in some day I proposed them my help. Uh, so they invited me to be part of Human Guild team, and I started working there. Awesome. Um, can you tell us more about the Human Guild? What is the uh, what's the Human Guild been uh, up to these Human days? Guild, uh, yes, for sure. Human Guild. Uh, supported uh, a lot of creative projects, NFT projects, uh, game, uh, especially last years, uh, they supported games direction. For example, uh, Paras, it's uh, one of Human Guild projects. Also, Human Guild worked with Meteor team and Here Valley team. Uh, we also supported a lot of games, creative projects. Yeah, yeah. So I guess this conversation, we're going to just direct on the NDC and the different things that it's been doing and achieving so far. And I know that the Human Guild is a big part of that. But can you just tell us a little bit about V1 since it's launched, the direction we've been going, and what the next steps are? So, uh, so for V1, uh, at the moment, uh okay let's i think uh, let's start what was achieved so far uh uh now we have a large number of grassroots dao that are engaged in uh, finding the ecosystem in uh, different directions uh also this grassroots dao supported a lot of projects for example in the camber uh the number of supported projects was like uh 32 project plus we supported uh, wallets like meteor and here wallet about next steps uh we still continue working with uh, onboarding new DAOs, and also we're really hard working uh, for creation uh new elections all right, so let's go ahead and step back a bit. And let's just talk about these grassroots organizations, the different DAOs. So you guys have approved, I'm looking at the report, 
and it shows you approved about nine new DAOs in December, and you're supporting a bunch of different ones. So how does one go about creating a DAO and getting funding support from the NDC? So uh, to became to become a DAO, you need to create charter. You need to create proposal and find at least one sponsor from a house of merit who uh, will put your DAO on the voting. After this, uh, you need to prepare detailed budget and uh, start working with project projects and go to house of merit for funding. Yeah, and is that funding um, delivered on like a monthly basis? And how does the NDC kind of verify the deliverables and the impact that these different DAOs have? Um, is, is it monthly or a longer period of time? How does this all work? Uh, actually, we ask uh, every DAO for reports uh, per month. We check reports and uh... After this, we're voting for next month. Uh, also, we will have dashboard uh, in which we will add all numbers, all metrics from grassroots DAO, and it will be easy to check it. Okay, so a community member could identify a problem or just something that they think is possibly lacking. They could gather a community together, um, come together, build a set of rules, a charter, a structure, and then bring this to someone on the House of Merit to champion that. How do you go about finding someone to discuss this possible potential new DAO to? Like, how do you uh, find someone to champion your proposal? How do you go about doing that? Um, you need to post your proposal on governance form and every House of Member uh, will uh, House of Merit member will check it, and if uh, any member will really like your uh, proposal, he will put it on the voting in uh, House of Merit. Okay, that that uh that sounds pretty clear. Um, I guess what are some of the challenges associated with this process and the uh, NDC and the House NBC? of Merit going through? each of these individual proposals and trying to find out which ones are going to be helpful to the near ecosystem, which ones aren't. Yeah. Just tell me a little bit about those challenges. Um, I guess uh, main challenges is that we have um, some people who are not really active in Congress. So it's main challenge for, uh, for example, for House of Merit to check all proposals. Because sometimes uh, some proposals need more votes, and people who are not active just don't vote. So it's the biggest challenge, and for House of Merit, and also for grassroots DAO. So you're saying um, within the NDC, not all of the elected House of Merit representatives vote on the different proposals. Is there a way to speed that up? Um, force them to vote or possibly remove them you know what are some of the what are some of the functions in place to kind of get this moving forward i know there's a lot of revision with v1 of governance for the ndc but what are some of the ways 
you guys have been, what are some of the functions you've been implementing to solve these issues? Um, we uh, try to ping uh, not uh, active members to vote and express their opinion about proposals. Um, also, uh, actually in Congress, uh, we also have rule that if you don't vote or attend calls, you can get paid. Well, that would be uh, pretty persuasive, <laughs> I, I suppose. Um, Kate, yeah, you have your hand up. Yo, hey, good to speak with you. Um, bro, question. Uh, for, first question, actually, I want to know what uh, what your PFP is because I was just kind of glancing at it and zooming in and noticed there's a bunch of nears in there. Who's the artist who made that, bro? Sorry, please, can you repeat your question? Yeah, yeah. Because who who made... So Sorry, I speak really fast. Um, where Who made your PFP? Your profile picture because it's kind of fire. Uh, for NBC or my or my Twitter, dude, yours. Look at the that thing is dope. They have all the near protocol logos. I love that. Yeah, actually, it was the looks like it's the oldest uh, collection of near punks. I just bought it like uh, two years ago and still uh, have this in my uh, picture. That's fire, bro. Um, yeah, it, you can find the collection in uh, Paras, just uh, text uh, near punks. Oh, that's the near punks. Okay, okay. All right, because I thought I recognized it. I couldn't tell. Um, anyways, my, my real question, my, my uh, deeper question, I guess, was in regards to like your day-to-day. Um, you know, people see your profile, they see your, your bio, and it says it's stacked with a bunch of stuff, but they're like, what does this guy do all day? What's his, what's his, his he wakes up in the morning. He gets coffee, he goes for a run, he gets right on the computer. Like, what, what's your day look like? Uh, actually, uh, uh, my day starts from uh, reviewing proposals. Uh, also, uh, I uh, really trying to be transparent with community and uh, answer in all questions in uh, uh, NDC chats. Uh, I'm also founder of Gaming DAO. I need to also review and talk with uh, game founders in this direction. So uh, I spent a little time also for gaming DAO. So yeah, uh, and I have calls, a lot of calls with grassroots DAO, with uh, games projects, with uh, operation team, with Congress and so on. So you're, bro, you're, you're on calls busy. all day. You're you're on calls all day long. Actually, no. It's like one or two case or calls per day. But yeah, I need some time to review proposals and also be transparent with community. And it's actually uh, takes some time. So uh, going going back just a little bit. So I know there is a whole bunch of different DAOs, grassroots organizations that can receive funding. You mentioned you created or you were a part of the Human Human Guild and the Gaming DAO. Is are those both gaming associated DAOs? Are they both still operating yeah. at the time? Yes, Gaming DAO also was supporting uh, games, but now Human Guild uh, Human Guild was also supporting games, but now Human Guild uh, closed it, and there is only Gaming DAO who supports game games. Uh, you found 
Yeah, uh, because uh, core team of Human Guild uh, now don't have time to work in Human Guild. Both of them. They decided there to any close particular Human Guild. Stop receiving. Uh, no, actually, Human Guild team just don't have time to I manage see. and work there. I see. I see. Well, I guess tell me a little bit more about this. This. Uh, what's what's the next steps in this and the the end of this turn when does that actually happen so yeah next steps is uh elections and uh uh they start uh july 17 after congress term is end Yeah, do you have a question? Uh, I don't know if anyone can hear anything. I, oh, there, okay, he, he like left and came back. Uh, I was going to ask. Uh, well, I don't. I couldn't. I couldn't hear the last like ten seconds there. Can you guys hear me right now? Okay, yeah, you can hear like, me. Okay. Yeah, um, lost connection. All right. Okay. I guess we're. Back good here. I was gonna ask Brandon, are you did you have a question? Like can you you like muted for a second and then you dropped out? <laughs> I think Twitter was just having some big issues and I had to reconnect in order to speak. But um what Henko said was that in July, the next step for the NDC is the elections in, in July. And I just wanted to kind of note I, I believe there was a motion earlier um from the NDC about extending the Congress terms. Um, from the last election, did that actually get approved, or do they did they still retain that six month term length from when they got elected? Uh, sorry, guys, I'm sick of what's wrong with my connection. Yeah, yeah, we got you back up. Yeah, now. we can't hear do, you. Do you have a question? Can you not hear me, Monza? <laughs> Uh, I think he lost connection. So as he was reading, no, Brad, I can hear you. Uh, you well, I heard you, but then you broke up, and then Hanko told us that he couldn't hear you, so <laughs> he just needs to repeat the question. Hanko, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, for sure. What's your question? Yeah, what I was trying to say is, you have elections in July, um, and there was a proposal, I think, to increase the term limit of the first NDC Congress. Did that go through, or did was that not passed? Uh, actually, we decided uh, Congress, uh, House of Med, and COA decided to uh, start uh, Congress term in uh, 17 December. So this term has been extended by some time then, right? No, no, no. Uh, by this time, uh, V1 uh, launched and uh, Congress decided that their term starts from V1. Uh, COA, House of Merit, and Trustees uh, agreed on this. So they get funding for all of the months before then, and then the additional six months until July? Uh, there was no any funding for for uh, community, only for marketing and creative DAO, because we, we needed, uh, we want to start funding uh, as a grassroots DAO. So, so after it happened, uh, uh, Congress decided that their term starts 
from this date after after V1 starts. So they didn't get funding for being NDC representatives before December, or they did? Uh, there was retro funding uh, for uh, October and November. Okay, so it's like a like a eight month term then for the first in the initiation of the NDC, and then in July we'll have new elections, and then the terms will be six months. Is that correct? Uh, actually, I don't know for how much will be uh, next term. I need to clarify this. Yeah, but uh, in July will be new elections. Yeah, I mean, I there there was there was reasons because why uh, term started in December seventeen uh, because uh, because uh, we want started this and Congress uh, did not have opportunity to start funding for community to start show any results. It's only happened in uh, December seventeen. Uh, House merit received. Uh, received uh, power only December. Awesome, yeah, thanks for the explanation. Yeah, go ahead, Cade. Yeah, Hank, I was wondering if you might help me here because I'm, I'm sort of new-ish to near, definitely newer than all of you guys, especially you with that, uh, the vintage near punk. But kind of wondering what your thoughts are in regards to the macro the macro game of near protocol, things that you're personally excited about, maybe not so much just professionally, but on a personal level, things you're really excited about, maybe things that a lot of people aren't paying attention to. Is there anything you can give us insight-wise? Sorry, Kate, I didn't really understand your question. Can you please repeat or, or rephrase? Of course. Yeah, man. I was wondering if you might help me because I'm relatively new to Near Protocol and way newer than you guys, definitely newer than you with your vintage Near Punk. But I was wondering if there's anything on a personal level that you're excited about for near protocol for this upcoming run. And no doubt tons of people are jumping in. So anything there that you're super excited to talk about or super excited to have rolled out that maybe people aren't paying attention to right now? Actually, I'm deciding, uh, I'm excited about NDC, uh, about upcoming DAO, about projects that they will support. For example, in Gaming DAO, we supported really seven seven really cool projects, and uh, I'm really excited when they launch. Uh, how much users they will have? Uh, how new community can play these games? Are you a big gamer? Because I know you you run that gaming guild. Are you a big gamer on your free yeah, time? Yeah, actually, I am a big gamer. Yeah, I, I I don't have time to play games now, but in the past, I. Uh, spent a lot of time to games. Bro, what do you mean? You don't have time? You have no free time to play video games? Uh, only at night, actually. Dude, you could be twitching the fingers right yeah, now. Bro, which games call. are you playing? Which games are your favorites? Um, actually, it's uh, mostly Steam games like uh, Dota 2, Counter-Strike. Do you no, hop on live with other people at all or no? Uh, sorry? Do you hop on lives and you know talk some smack to these other players, or are you mainly playing against the CPU, or do you like do you like engaging with other players? Multiplayer. Multiplayer. Oh, Brandon, I feel like you're a gamer, bro. I don't know why, but I feel like you might be a gamer. <laughs> you guessed correctly. <laughs> Actually. Yeah, dude, I like games. 
Which games are you playing right now, bro? Oh, let's see. I like uh, Call of Duty, you know, Warzone. kind of like uh, War Thunder because I like tanks, all of that. You know, RPGs, I don't know. I, I dabble in everything pretty much. But, uh, You've this, been this playing a lot of Power World recently? No, not, not that. I don't like um, I don't like open world games that take too much of my time because I don't have time for that. But here's a question for Hinko: What what are you excited about most about the new upcoming games that you guys have funded with the Gaming DAO? Or I guess maybe can you just explain a little bit more about the the games you guys funded because there was a lot of um, there was a lot of activity with the Human Guild, but those a lot of those projects kind of fell off i mean i know there's a lot of things that go into creating games they take a lot of time and a lot of money but we didn't actually get to see a lot of the games the 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 human guild funded come to fruition so i am excited for this new dao i'm excited to see what places they're going with that but what games are you funding yeah uh actually i am most excited about zomland because they recently launched their battle arena and their transactions and users really increase. Uh, also, we funded like uh, some games that only in uh, in uh, development at the moment. They will launch like in two months, for example. Uh, it's Bloxy Royale game. Uh, really uh, experienced gaming team bu- building this game. In past, they built Crypto Hero, one of the most successful game in near like two years ago. Uh, also we have near punks game that uh, building by near punks uh, team uh, collection. It, it is the biggest collection in near NFT collection. Uh, this team building uh, their own game. They will launch like uh, in six months, but I'm also excited about this game. So, yeah. so my question is, you know, the the gaming the gaming scene in Web three has kind of developed a little bit over the past years, especially during the bear market. We saw a lot of those projects that were either just unsustainable or the team couldn't you know didn't continue building. What lessons have we learned from the past attempts at funding games on Near, and how are we going to apply them to this DAO? How are we going to apply them going forward? Because you know, it's a difficult thing finding and creating a game um, on Near that is both sustainable, fun, and attracts a lot of users. I mean, games can be very, very effective at onboarding users onto a blockchain. I know that Solana has a lot of fun games, um, but there, there really hasn't been anything that has broken through that just really taps into that Web2 crowd. Like, what lessons have we learned from last cycle that we're going to be applying here to try and get games that will really put here on the map in terms of web3 gaming uh sure there uh there are a lot of lessons uh we learned it uh so for now we don't find any game who don't have uh, even mvp if they don't have mvp we will not fund them because uh, we ask uh to start a new project, we ask for MVP to test it, to check uh, playable or not. Also, we don't fund Grand Hunters. There is a lot of Grand Hunters in Web3 who just want to 
build game for your money and just leave to other blockchain. So we're trying to find these grant funders and don't find fund them. Uh, also, we look for uh, experience of team, if they build games before or not. If it's really cool uh, game developers, most likely we will fund them because they know what, what, what they should do. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely really great points there. You know, it's, I think uh, it's great you guys are taking effort to adopt projects which have examples, deliverables of what they're going to be building on. I think it's a bit difficult to uh, find and differentiate grand hunters from non-grand hunters, but it's great you guys are making an attempt at that too. Um, and I guess another thing is how much funding does the gaming DAO actually have to be able to support these projects? Because I know that games cost a lot. They take a lot of resources to make a quality game, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And how can we ensure that projects that the gaming guild, the gaming DAO is supporting, how are they going to be able to support themselves beyond the initial funding from your DAO? Because, I mean, let's face it, near is a great blockchain with great tech. However, the amount of users and gamers that these projects are going to have access to is much more limited than, say, Solana and Ethereum. And Web3 in general is much more limited than traditional games on, say, the mobile store or on Steam. So these projects that are building on Web3 and Near specifically, how are they going to be able to support themselves and be sustainable after this initial grant funding? Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, we have limited budget, uh, like uh, 30k per month for funding. So we are trying to find uh, indie developers with really small burn rate who can build a cool game with a small budget. For uh, AAA games, AAA games, we have near foundation who has like million of dollars and can fund big games. We're trying to support small games and indie developers. Um, before we go to Cade, that was a, that's a great response. I think that indie developers, um, that, that term has came, come to change a lot over the years, but I, I find that a lot of the most popular games that come out on um, say Steam or you know, other major platforms, sometimes they really don't have much in terms of the resources to that that AAA game producers have, but they're able to achieve massive popularity through fundamental game um, gameplay and these experiences that can't be found anywhere else. It's like this intuition. Like we've seen games like um, I'm trying to think of it. What's the one where it's like the thing in space? Um, crap with the different colored guys different colored space guys i can't remember the name among us like that was so popular and to create that the resources it, it really didn't take that much but it made so much money there's a bunch of games like that coming out now and i feel like if we have the right team and we utilize our funding for, uh, with precision you might be able to find these indie creators that will build the next among us and having it on near would be beneficial to the ecosystem as a whole um, yeah, go ahead, Cade. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, I remember uh, on season two of my podcast last year, I spoke with the founder of, <laughs> they're called D's, it's D's Nuts, it's so immature, but um, I, so I, I didn't really expect anything from that conversation other than just to connect with the guy. And in the middle of the conversation, we were like talking about the gaming side, and I had no idea, but he's like a super successful um, game developer and game creator, and he was you know making all these games on the iPhone and the App Store and, and the Play Store and all those stuff. And I was like, okay, I was like, well, while I have you here, um, what is the secret? Like, why do some games get five downloads and some get five million when it doesn't even seem like there's such a big difference between the two? And the founder of these told me because he had had like a handful of games get to like the top number one spot on the app store. And he was like, the answer for gaming, especially in Web3, is really simple stuff. Something like, sorry, there's speakers around me, something like Paper Toss or Temple Run, those games that you can pick up and play on the toilet. He was like, those tend to be the answer. And so it's, it's interesting to me to watch, you know, these games like the Islands, like the Board of Yacht Club thing, a lot of these bigger like wor full world games, which I think is what they people, I think that's what they think they want, but I don't know if that's what we want. And it's difficult because sometimes what the people funding these games have in mind is different from what the people want. Um, but I do know as far as like getting users and stuff, he told me, and you know, he had had multiple games hit the millions of downloads, that the key is to get those simple games that you can pick up and play on the toilet. Yeah, I think. Um... I think that is a really great point. And that's definitely true. And I think in terms of, I know I mentioned uh, gaming hasn't really taken off on here. I guess that's not exactly correct because we do have Play Ember, which is a really big project that has a bunch of downloads and they're really beneficial to Nier and their model is exactly that. They have a lot of mobile games that are easy to pick up and play and that have amassed massive downloads just like that and i think that, that is beneficial as well i mean you can't really deny the statistics there and the amount of transactions on chain that you get from these games um though i think that a traditional gamer when thinking of like oh they're gonna make this awesome web3 game i think you're thinking of like i something that comes to my mind is like oh man you could make like counter-strike on chain or something like that like a massive production and i think while that would be awesome i think the the amount of resources that that would take just isn't possible at this point in time and i think that the evolution of web3 gaming might have to be in small incremental steps with um you know these smaller games that onboard people first and then people can kind of focus their resources on creating something more intuitive or something you know i'm just kind of trying what I want to see is a game that has great gameplay that also utilizes the potential of allowing gamers to have their assets. Because everyone, I mean, we've talked about this before on Near at Night, but when you buy a game and a game has online transactions, cosmetics, skins, loot boxes, stuff like that, as soon as the game gets discontinued, it's over. And all of that money funnels into like Activision or one of the other big publishers, and you don't actually have control of your assets. You're spending lots of money and you can't cash out on your, you know, John Wick skin at the end of the day. But I think enabling users to do that with Web3 would, you know, it would be a new, a new way for gamers to have that control. And I think it would be really a, 
it would be really interesting to see, but I think that the answer is that right now, it's not really in the best interest of any of those major game producers. So they're going to be milking the, you know, keeping people in their ecosystems, keep keeping people buying those Fortnite skins without allowing people to, you know, sell or trade those. Yeah, the, the branding game is pretty much the same all across the board. Like you could even take a content creator like Logan Paul, who everyone in Web3 loves, and uh, look at kind of his his way he blew up. He started with the Vines, just offering five, six seconds of laughs among other millions of other creators, and then moved into YouTube, moved into podcasting, moved into bigger and bigger stages. Now he's on WWE. He was doing the boxing. He's on you know the the standard television or whatever you call that, like mainstream news. He's he's all over there. Most people know his name. And he started from six-second videos, so I think you're right. Like offering some games that are cool, get a few million downloads, start to build out your brand, show some credibility. You can pull up some numbers. People get to get there. But um, I was going to ask. I got to uh, pop out in a second. But Hanko, with you know, you you said you spent a lot of your time combing through various proposals and stuff. Is there anything right now that you wish you were seeing more of that you're not seeing much of? If there's someone who's listening to this space and they're trying to figure out something, and maybe they have gotten some proposals rejected. Is there anything in that arena that you think you could offer some insight on? Actually, if uh, House of Merit, any control of House of Merit reject proposals, they uh, write their feedback below of proposal and uh, proposal have some time to improve it and uh, apply next month or if there or if it was rejected in uh, really early this month, they can can also try to apply in the end of the month. That's super good to know. What specifically? What types of proposals are you hoping people will you know put forth as as a member of the NDC keeping the governance running? What do you want to see more of from the community? Um, do you mean uh, what I would like to uh, see in proposals on t- or what kind of proposals I would like to see? Both. Uh, actually, I would like to know uh, um, actually, I would like to know uh, more detailed about proposal. For example, I need to know full budget of proposal, uh, every expenses uh, lines. Uh, also, I should know team their background and oh, okay. uh, what keeps... so, sorry i don't mean you know I, I guess what i was trying to say is what types um you've created you are actively running this body that gives the power to the near community to push these new ideas and to create these verticals that will benefit near overall what things should we be doing what you know you've created the system you want more people to engage with it what types of things do you think are most important right now, especially with the market, how it, how it is? How should we be activating and using the NDC? Uh, House of Merit uh, has KPIs and OKRs from uh, COA, in, and we need to follow them. So every proposal should follow them. Uh, it should be like transactions, users, retention, also improve near so there's uh, uh, like 10 kpis that a proposal should follow and we should check it if proposal follows these kpis 
uh, most likely we will support this. I hope I, I answer for a question. Sorry if I didn't get if I don't get it. Yeah, so here I'll, I'll give you an example of what I want to see, Cade. I would really like to see, um, you know, in terms of proposals, I want to see stuff that isn't really being done that hasn't been done before. Like we have a lot of different marketing um, in the past that kind of covers over the same ground. I want to see new content being made. I mean, we talked about this on the content creation spaces the other day. I want to be able to see stuff that really gets out there. Some, you know, other chains are really investing into content creators to kind of highlight the unique aspects of their blockchains. I mean, um, we've seen it with like ICP, Solana, and examples like those. And I, I know we've been doing some of this on Near, but I really think being able to just give these creators kind of like a clean slate and allow them to do something innovative because everyone knows everything, you know, near is the, has a great tech stack. It has all these narratives that we're pushing AI boss and all of that. But I want to know what appeals to, you know, the common person that we're trying to onboard, what appeals to these developers and kind of highlighting the potential of near would really attract different developers. It would attract this innovation that we're all looking for that I think is like the key to a blockchain's success. I don't know what those proposals would be exactly, but uh, I think we had some ideas with like a content creation proposal in our other spaces, but yeah. So for me, I would like to see uh, proposals uh, in which people can abort uh, uh, near uh, a lot of people to near uh, and board people uh, to near community and board people to near holders. So such proposals I would really like, like to support. And also uh, I would like to support proposals who can uh, who can uh, bring new cool applications in our ecosystem. Yeah, it's hard. I think. Um... Because everything is sort of cyclical, there are periods, I think, in seasons where the aim may not be to get a thousand new proposals a month. The aim might be more to engage with and entertain and prioritize current people who are here. That way, when we that geez. that way, when it is a season of true growth and onboarding, which I I don't know if that season is like today today, but. There are periods where there are hundreds of people trying to get in. They're just looking for where their home base is going to be. For me, it was a month ago or two months ago. For someone else, it might be in six months. But during the times where we're like, okay, there's not uh, 500,000 new wallets being made today and another 500,000 being made tomorrow, which may be a season where we go, okay, now it's proposal time. Now it's like new creators time. Now it's new funding proposals being made. Um, but that's why like with my own content, um, I'm focusing a lot like heavy on entertaining the folks that are here today because if we don't like cater to those people then they're not going to be around by the time we hit a growth phase they're just going to come in and out and um it's so important that you do that you know it's, it's it's hard sometimes when you're on one side of the game so that's why i try and participate in everything as well so i know what the the, the person who's not trying to build something uh or a dev or a content creator they're just here kind of doing their thing on your protocol trying to put my mind into them because I know one thing I got away from in the last couple of years making content was like I sort of forgot and I wasn't able to identify what people wanted because I was so focused on 
you know, what people who are going to fund these things, these project ma managers and founders, what they want to see. Um, and so I think during this period, it may be the conversation may be more about like, how do we, how do we cater to the people who are here right now? Um, and so I don't even know where I was going with that, to be honest. I had a point there and I, I lost it somewhere along my ramble. No, no, I, I think that's a, that's a really good point because, um, you know, I'll just use, for example, what um, Hanko said. The, the NDC or the COA, they establish these, um, they establish these points that they're trying to hit, these new KPIs. And I think that's great. It gives, gives people kind of a baseline to go from, a baseline to create their proposals, try and achieve something. But in my mind, this can be really limiting, especially because what's important, what KPIs people think are important changes all the time. I mean, we see the near narrative change continuously. Um, a couple months ago, it was all about the boss. Now it's really all about the, the chain abstraction and things like that. And when you're cycling through all of these ideas and you're kind of forcing proposals to take these only into consideration, you're really limiting the scope and the effect of what you have. So I really think that, as you said, trying to trying to appeal to the people that are already there, already here. I mean, they're here for a reason. They were onboarded. They saw the potential in Mir. When you're trying to explain Mir to someone on the outside, is it easier to kind of just focus on the things like you said that are have attracted others or to keep changing the narrative? It, it seems like it could get confusing. And that's just, that's just kind of point I kind of had on the whole KPI perspective. I do think they're important, but I do think that maybe what is needed is some outside perspective from our community to determine what's important when they create this proposal, when they create this new DAO. Maybe it's trying to bring build up the infrastructure as compared to some of the other blockchains that are the other L1s that are doing really well right now, Solana, ICP examples like that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Okay, we're, uh, we've got about five minutes left, I guess. Is there anything that you really would like to touch on, Hanko, before we uh, start to wrap things up, maybe take some questions if anyone wants to hop up on and speak? Actually, no. If uh, someone from community has any question to me, uh, feel free to ask. So I, I got one, I guess, um, while we're waiting for anyone to possibly pop up. So another thing about catering to the people that we have here and keeping the momentum um, from the NDC, from the Near Foundation right now, as the market situation improves, you know, we recently saw that the Near Foundation has cut the BD team um, substantially. And a lot of, you know, we, we've discussed this previously on Near at Night, but what what kind of steps is the the NDC taking to kind of fill in this gap? Like, are you guys doing anything in response um, to just kind of take the place of what the NF was doing in terms of business developments or things like that? So what about business development? Uh, I know that, uh, I know that, uh, Proposal for business development is being discussed and uh, some work is planned in this direction of business development. 
so these proposals will uh, add to voting in House of Merit. House of Merit will review it, and uh, if it will be approved, business development in NDC starts. Uh, so what like about marketing? That's kind of cool. Uh, it's not like DAO, it's like uh, direction for NDC. It's not will work like DAO. They will just uh, work in business direction and trying to trying to uh, onboard cool cool projects to NDC. What about marketing team that uh, also was uh, fired from uh, Near Foundation? Uh, as I know, uh, there is uh, not any discussions about it. So at, at the moment, we don't discuss uh, any marketing for NDC. Uh, we also, we also uh, looks like operation team hired uh, QAC uh, lead who was fired from your foundation and looks like he will work in uh, DC now. And also, I know some people want to, uh, some people want to create uh, mod moderation DAO to moderate uh, near protocol official uh, channels. And uh, looks like there will be also some people from uh, NF team. Yeah, I mean, I understand that the NDC is really its main priority is to kind of take over a lot of the NF, you know, um, the NF functions anyway, as they begin to cycle down, um, you know, for the various legal and other reasons. So I guess that it was all part of the plan. And it's kind of cool to see that in motion. And I, and I suppose that, you know, it's, it's really great to see that these new DAOs and different uh, verticals moving forward. I mean, right now, it seems like a lot of the funding was kind of going through the marketing DAO and even some projects that kind of didn't really fit in the marketing niche were getting funded through there. I mean, that was the only, that was the only avenue of funding, but as the NDC gets built out, it'll be able to get more specialized and focus more on the different niche verticals that will you know, benefit the ecosystem overall. But I guess if, if anyone else has any other questions, you know, feel free to hop up now. If not, I think we can go ahead and end the spaces. Thank you, Hanko, for speaking with us. Thank you, guys. And thank you, Cade, for hopping on up and uh, doing the fat with us here again. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Yep. See you you later, too. Bro. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, guys. And thanks for See anyone who popped later. in here.